Hello, I'm Rachel England and welcome to Brain Yapping, the podcast where comedian and actual qualified neuroscientist Dr. Dean Burnett gets put through his paces with brain-related questions by me, not a neuroscientist, without any advance warning or prior preparation, in a bid to demonstrate that science isn't always as slick as it seems. Hello, Dean. Hello, Rachel. This is a special episode, isn't it? It is, yes. It is our last episode of this series. Yes, it's been quite a slog, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's been, well, I think it's been very I enjoyable. I've very much enjoyed it, but uh, during that time, you have literally travelled the world. I mean, you actually have circumnavigated the planet. Uh, no, it's actually just been so stressful. <laughs> I've yes. travelled around the world looking for a corner of the earth where I can get away from you. So this is episode 12. 12. And after this episode, we are going to take a break for the summer. Yes. Um, so we can get on with our lives in the sunshine, perhaps, mm. and enjoy a beer garden. And yes. And uh, market research shows that people don't listen to podcasts as much during summer. Because they're all getting pissed in beer uh, I gardens. I guess so, yes. It's hard to do that with the podcast, I suppose. Sure. Um, but we will be back in the autumn. Mm-hmm. Um, exact dates to be confirmed. Mm. But when we return, we're going to take a slightly different format. Ooh. <laughs> Dramatic sting. Dun, dun, dun. Based on a lot of the feedback we've had throughout this series, mm-hmm. we're going to start addressing our listeners' questions. Mm. So, if you're listening and you have a burning neuroscience-based question mm-hmm. that you'd like me to discuss with Dean, mm-hmm. uh, either DM it to us on our Twitter, which is at brainyappingpod. Yep. Yes. Guess who um, runs this Twitter account more than the other one? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, DM it to us at brain at brainyapping pod, mm-hmm. or email it to us at brainyappingpodcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean has said that he won't look at our email inbox mm-hmm. and he won't check the DMs either. No. That way, you can get your questions to me covertly, and you'll mm-hmm. have no time to prepare. Yes. So, like this season, this yes. series, we retain the format. Be caught off guard. Yes. Um, so this feedback we've had is basically people saying, "Do you take listener questions?" Yes. The feedback <laughs> is. Hey, can you ask him this? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, all right. Okay, well, I, I guess there's an easy solution here. To, uh, we'll just do that. <laughs> sure. So yeah. once this episode goes live, mm. we will obviously retweet a request for mm. your questions. Uh, mm. I'll take a look at them, compile the best ones, and then we'll get recording them in, mm. in the autumn. No cut-off point established as of yet. We make it two or three, we make it 50. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, if we get enough, then we'll say, right, not do that anymore. Um, you know, well, check the Twitter account. <laughs> hopefully it'll be more than... The emails we have in our inbox at the moment where yeah. we just logged in to see, oh, any new emails? Yeah. <laughs> Google security notification. Yeah. Three of those. Awesome. Literally, that's it. <laughs> because we haven't really told anyone to email us at any point. We are uh, beloved. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. We, our people love us passively, which is... Uh, yes, that's idea. true. They don't that's want to get involved. They, they love us well enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. So. On this, our last episode of season one. Mm. Call it a season or a series. What, what's the podcast etiquette? Well, I've always said series because I think that's the British um, approach, TV mm. series. Americans say season with their sitcoms because then the series is the overall thing. Okay. So uh, to answer your question, I don't know. All right. Well, let's say this series. This isn't neurosciences as well outside my remit. I do not know <laughs> the answer to this particular. Please write in if you can advise. <laughs> yeah. okay. We'll do an episode about that. <laughs> yeah. Dean, what is it? A series or a season? Screw you. So yeah. in honour of our last episode of mm. this series mm-hmm. and as you mentioned previously it's been a long old slog <laughs> today we're going to talk about procrastination hey nice i like that i've been meaning to do this topic but i just keep putting it off nice nice 
Oh, that, I think that joke deserved more, but that's fine. Well, it, it probably got more from the listener, but uh, I saw it coming. Because <laughs> I can see a look on your face going, oh, it's because yeah, of something, oh, yeah, she's building up yeah, to something, yeah, yeah, here, here it, it comes. comes. Yes. It's like watching a plane land. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> Marvellous. Okay, so procrastination. <laughs> um, that is something that is surely a universal experience. Mm. Um, I work from home. I'm a freelance writer by trade. Procrastination is probably one of my biggest enemies um yeah and it's something that's applicable to everyone i think regardless of what industry they work in how mm. old they are what it is whether it's doing the washing up or planning a presentation mm. or even down to really stupid little things like i don't know taking the multi-pack of toilet roll upstairs to the bathroom <laughs> yeah. rather than just leaving it none at of the these are unfamiliar the <laughs> all of these are ringing very strong bells yeah. so let's talk about it mm. what is procrastination why? Why? Uh, I will say before I start that I did actually recently have I what I think is a good business idea. Copyright Dean, before we start here, this is my business idea. You can't have it. Sure. Uh, Procrastinators. Basically, it's like a sort of it's like an app. Basically, you sign up on a daily basis, and I got work through, but I can join this app. I say I'm available today, rather not do it. So you go and clean someone else's house. Uh. I don't reduce straight because you're just trying to kill time. Yeah. And therefore you've got like, if you sign up to it, I'll say I'll pay 20 quid for someone to come around and people will come and say, yeah, I'll clean your house. I don't mind. I just want to avoid my job. I make a sort of like a, like a sharing, like a gig economy cleaning service. Oh, so like a universal yeah. solution to a, mm. to a global problem, which doesn't actually address the issue. No. And isn't really a solution for anyone. No, not at all. If anything, it makes things worse. Yeah. But it could be profitable. But at least someone's going to get a clean thing. house out of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm working on that. Sure. But yeah, it's it's a very common problem. It's uh, some people have it more than others. Um probably a lot of factors would contribute to it. I think a big part of it is that there are parts of the brain which are sort of the purpose of them. They've evolved to assess effort. Like how much effort does this particular task in front of me require? Mm. Whatever it may be, you know, from the olden days of how much effort is that getting that fruit from that tree worth? Is it worth climbing up there? Mm. And that actually, uh, you know, is a calculation we're always running. And even if something like you know, my phone's across the room, I'll just, I'll, I'll just not use it. I'll just I'll just stay at the wall instead. That's that can be you know, it can or, be something. With the remotes on the other side, you go, ah, oh, do you know what? Oh, yeah. I'll give it a try. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll watch the show. I'll, yeah, I'll give it a chance. No, it's just fine. It's not. It's not my language, but I'm sure I'll pick it up. You know, <laughs> that sort of. It can be. How really... hard is Dutch? <laughs> good, good one to pick there because it's mind-numbingly hard. Isn't exactly. It? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so you have this constant sort of running calculation of how much effort does this take? Does this take? And I think the insular cortex involved and the anterior. Anterior cingulate cord. Like, I think those are the parts that are involved. Not that it means anything, but just to show you that I do Bits know. Bits of the brain. Yeah, I, I, I know words. Brain words. Yes. <laughs> Bulk up my qualifications after screwing up that time. Uh, so, yeah, they're just constantly saying, how much effort is this and is it worth it? And hopefully, a lot of time, you'll just go, yes, it is, so I'll do it. But you're always consciously aware of the effort that it requires. Mm. And so. The brain sort of doesn't like to waste resources, especially if it's something which is just no tangible outcome straight away. Like, so, like, if you like a writing deadline, mm. that's kind of hard to get into because you'll finish the writing eventually, and you'll send it off. And if they're going to pay you there and then, it's bing bing, you know, like you know, just 
like gain some cash point, you probably more okay. I know I'm gonna if I do this, I will get money for it. Then actually, is a thing that I've heard quite a few times recently. Um, L. Ron Hubbard, are you familiar with the uh, Scientology? The guy. father of Scientology, yeah. yeah. He, um, he was obviously he's a, he's a, he was a pulp science fiction writer, but he during the era when like uh, I think Harlan Ellison, I heard an interview with Pat Oswald, who knows the guy, saying they used to say pay you like you know for articles or little short stories like a penny a word or something, and he would sort of say up until Harlan Nelson, people like that would. Like I could do like a three thousand word story. I take it to the magazine publishers down the road. It's back in the seventies era, and they would give me you know they could give me thirty dollars. I could pay some rent. I could buy something to eat, and that's sort of a nice way of keeping you know taking over. Mm. Whereas Elron Hubbard, who's I think he's got the world record for most books ever published. I mean, I'm I'm trying to catch up with him. Yeah, but, you're doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. But saying that like, he would go to his room and take a lot of speed and write a whole novel in a night, just like, <laughs> they were always just like mind numbingly weird or awful or sure. bad. But they were definitely novels and like there was no quality control at uh, whatever they were publishing them. So he would do that. So, like, you could sort of, if, you, if I could write something now, I'll just take it down the road. Give me this. There you go. You have 50 quid. It's okay. Then I would probably be more mm. inclined to do it. But that's not normally how it happens. It? You do your work and you send it away and then. Eventually, you yeah, might get some sort of reward for it. Levels of chasing and yeah. following, and then that, of course, is a job of working. Itself. Yeah, and there's the editing, and then you have to. Oh, someone else gets involved, so it's not an immediately rewarding process. Mm. If it's if it is rewarding, we tend to not procrastinate. You know, someone says, "Do you want to come to the pub?" I'm like, oh, I can't really be bothered. You know, well, actually, that does happen quite a lot. But if you're in a certain mood, but if you want to go to the pub. I don't think I've ever said that, but no, I understand. I, that, so. I, I understand that yeah. there would be people out there that, that do. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's a sort of or if you want to see this film, oh, I'll see it next week. You, know, you want to see it, mm. you go. You you do it quite frantically. Yes, if you want to do it, then yeah. you'll do it. Yeah, especially yeah. if it involves minimal effort, because like, you know, once you see a film, I've got to go there, but then eventually I'll just sit down and stare ahead, and that's not exactly taxing. Yeah, yeah, and, and your brain's sort of aware of that. It's like, how much effort does this involve? So, like, whereas writing something from scratch that takes serious cognitive effort like well, I've got to clean out my garage that's a classic one which people keep putting off and putting off mm. because at the end of it you just get some space in your garage and that's not really like still I'm still my garage <laughs> I got the space anyway just can't get into it and sure so you know your brain's form these calculations which is like and it's like, oh, that doesn't sound worth worth doing mm. uh, so you put it off and put it off but then of course the deadline encroaches and then the balance shifts the point of I don't want to do it but now it's got the point where if I don't do it now, the consequences would be worse than doing it. So uh, I will do it now. So like it, it, it's, the calculation becomes adjusted. So like you know, but like, if, uh, I don't want to do that today. I can't be bothered. Like there's no point in doing it today. Then it comes to if I don't do it today, I'll suffer greatly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, doing the work is less effort than not doing it now. And then you sort of, that's when you become a bit more focused on it, I suppose. So I suppose, well, for me anyway, there's there's a number of stages, which is, oh, I don't need to do it today, so mm. I just won't. And that continues until I start thinking, okay, deadline's coming up, I really should start soon. But then I kind of have this panicky procrastination where I'm still not doing it, but I'm like, oh no, I need to start. <laughs> and I don't, because yeah. I'm still procrastinating. And yeah, then eventually, in there, yeah. <laughs> something in my head just goes, do it for God's sake! And then I sit down, <laughs> and I just do it. And it's fine, and it's done. Um, I especially notice I get it with tasks that I know I can do quite easily and that I can complete with no real stress. Mm. So why don't I just sit down and just bloody do it? 
Mm. We're really not good at that. I mean, it's, have I talked about the Yerkes-Dodson curve? I don't believe you have. No, it's, it's a really weird uh, phenomenon whereby the more stressed you are, mm. the better your performance at something. Okay. So like, if, you drop, if it's writing or if it's you know, doing any sort of task which involves any sort of skill level or just effort and focus, mm. the more stressed you are, the better you are at doing it. You do it faster, you do it better, you do it more efficiently. Because it makes sense. Like the stress is stimulating you. You are aware of consequence. You're not just sort of being, ah, okay, I don't got me bothered. It's like, I've got to do this, got to do this. And it makes you want to do it. Sure. Uh, or not want to do it, but it makes you better at doing it because your brain's in that sort of focused, non-distractable state of which stress causes. Action mode. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And stress causes you to become tense and you you, know, you, want to, you need to do something because you can't... You know, uh, and... Unexplained stress is quite un- unpleasant. Mm. So that makes you better at doing your job. And so a lot of employers have clearly picked up on that because a lot of workplaces aren't especially relaxing. or you no. know, But only up to a point. So there's like a threshold which you reach whereby adding more stress suddenly makes you worse because at some point... It's detrimental. Yeah, stress freaks you out. It sort of dis- disrupts you. You can't focus. You can't, you know, you, you're too panicked. You're too worried. Mm. And then it crashes again. So it's a curve. So it's like an inverted horseshoe shape. So like stress, yep, 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 yep. No, 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 no. It, that's why I, I compared it to salt. As in like, you put no salt in your food, mm. bland food. Put the right amount of salt in your food, more salt, tastier, 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 good. And suddenly, ooh, crunchy, heart clogging, arteries, ow, help. And then, <laughs> then it becomes unpleasant and detrimental like a, again. Like a ripening avocado. Yes. Not yet, not yet, not yet. Okay, no too late. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or pears, because I don't like avocados. Um, avocado pear. Oh, is it a pear? Well, that's what it's called, isn't it? It's called an avocado pear. Well, there we go then. I did not know that. So it's um, a, a, a compromise. Yeah, that's good. But it's the same phenomenon. They're just like, there's a 10 minute window of <laughs> acceptable and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's that as well. Like, so the stress itself makes us more inclined to do something. Um. But yeah, this you know the procrastination thing, and we 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 sort of evolved to avoid effort, which we don't have, we think is unnecessary. Right. If effort doesn't end up with reward, or doesn't end up being, um, if you don't, if you don't see the, the results of your actions, you, your brain sort of instinctively says, "Well, why, why, why do that?" What was the point? Yeah, yeah. It's like the stuff you do when you procrastinate does tend to be more productive stuff. So I, I could sit down and write this thing. And no, no one will see it for months. I don't know. It'll just be a long slog going back and forth. Or I could clean my bathroom. Mm. I know I don't want to clean my bathroom. But if I do it, I'll definitely have a clean bathroom, and I can say, well, the effort I did for that is actually better than you know. It it, it shows like there is there is a result of my actions here. Sure. So it's a more tangible thing. It makes you more inclined to do it because you know well i don't want to do it but if i do do it then it'll be done <laughs> yeah and i'll be able to say that i'll be able to see it i'll have the benefits of having a clean bathroom and so on whereas this other job which i need to do and that's just going to be in the ether for a long time and i don't like that that's why a lot of workplaces are so stressful in that if you spend a lot of time like doing a project for a company like there's a, there's a big uh, big assignment or you know some sort of big scheme or like you know, centralization you know, all the big management buzzwords it takes a long time it takes a lot of work and you don't really see the benefits of that. You just say, you do this, do it, because that's your job. You spend a lot of time, especially if you care about it, you spend a lot of time doing it. You don't want to do a good job because they don't want to get sacked. And then, like, your boss quits and gets another job and somebody else comes in and says, right, stop doing that, we're not doing that anymore. Mm. That's like six months of your life you're not going to get back, and that's really unsettling. It's like, what the hell? You know, Why why do this? That, that breeds a lot of job dissatisfaction. So 
yeah, so a lot of it comes down to the fact that if we don't want to do something, it's be- often because we can't see any immediate benefit from it. Okay. Not that we're all selfish. It's at an instinctive level, that seems to be what happens. What about the fear of failure aspect? Mm. Um, something that I have had in the past, and I know a lot of my sort of writer friends have, I do a bit of spoken word performance um and a couple of times i've had to write something new for Mm. it um and the deadline's been looming and i want to do it and it's important that i do do it because obviously i need something to read um Mm. at the event i can't bring myself to do it because i sometimes think it's just gonna be crap Mm. oh it's gonna be so rubbish how do i even start i don't know i just won't do anything Valid. Um, I've definitely had that. Didn't stand up and stuff and writing things. Didn't you get heckled once sort of spoken word yes. for being feminist? Yeah. That really baffled me when you told me about that. I um, I wrote a, a piece, a stand-up uh, spoken word piece about feminism, basically, hmm. and how it would just be like super helpful hmm. if men could listen to the things that women have to say about this issue. And as I was performing this piece, some guy in the back of the pub stood up and was like, nope. I don't want to listen to Rachel anymore, and then stormed out. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, that's that's to prove my point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I, so if you were like performing to a stag party, I can sort of, like, oh, that's a sort of, that's a predictable outcome. Or yeah. if you were in Jonglers or something, or even in just like a regular pub gig night. But if you're at a spoken word I night, <laughs> isn't this sort of, Kind yeah. of. <laughs> why, would, why would you come just to boo that, me? That, that's, that, that's yeah. my what did he think was going to happen in a spoken word poetry night or whatever it happened? Yeah. Wild. So, yeah, so that, that was, I was like, really? That, 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 that is a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, that was genuinely disconcerting. Oh, wow, that's someone probably got the wrong gig or something. Or some... <laughs> well, the, the gig itself was actually like, um, it was part of National Record Store Day <clears throat> right. down in Newport, and it was being held in this pub. So there is every chance that he was just some rando guy that had sort of ambled in. Yeah, that can happen. So, yeah, so talking yeah. about procrastination mm. as a kind of mechanism for avoiding failure. Yeah, risk aversion, essentially. Okay. That's, that's a really common human trait in that we really tend to overemphasize risk uh, you know, at, the, you know, at, the, at the sort of the lower levels. We put more weight on a possible bad outcome than a more likely good outcome okay. so like you say so, so you know, perhaps the most likely outcome would be i'll do my spoken word thing and people will just clap politely and you know, that's, that's, that's like that's a bad outcome that's probably the more likely one than people are going to boo and start throwing flaming torches at you and you know, some guy might stand up and say i'm not listening to rachel anymore <laughs> which, which did happen i suppose you have a good precedent there but you know you, you, you always put the worst case scenario thinking oh if i know what, what if this bad thing happens you know, yeah. what if this really bad thing happens so people quote unquote die on stage they don't i think anyone's had such a bad gig they've literally been killed by the audience but that's from roman times isn't it well, i mean i don't know that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not really anything well now. no i mean there's some gigs you hear about and so like we have this instinctive tendency to overemphasize the negative possible negative outcomes anyway mm. so that sort of makes us um and uh, you know, less inclined to start doing something which could result in being judged and sort of found wanting mm. so that'll feed into that but there's also a different sort of um human bias which we have it's something called the the planning fallacy in that when it's something it's more, it's more to do with things which are familiar um, but it does feed into the procrastination thing 
in that we assume that even if we have previous experiences which show like like the example they always use is driving to the airport mm. so you know you need to be at the airport two hours early and you know it's an hour drive away uh, but it's meant to be an hour drive away but every time you've done it before it takes an hour and a half because of traffic and road works because it's a busy route so you you have all these experiences which say it takes an hour and a half to get to the airport but if it's like, well, I'm going to go next time, oh, it'll be fine this time. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. That's a sort of a weird cognitive bias we have where we actually keep thinking that it'll be, you know, it's, it's, it was bad before, but this time it'll be all right. No, we're not talking about risky things whereby we can be judged. It's just mm. basic, like, basic tasks, the things we, which are effort. And so, like, the, the procrastination thing, like, well, I know this takes me 10 hours to do this. But that's only because last time I got interrupted. You know, this time it'll take me five. It'll be fine. I am going to start now. Right. So it feeds into that. Um, I think part of that might come from humans have an optimistic bias anyway when it comes to predicting general menial things, not things without risk, essentially. Okay. Um, so with risk, we tend to look at the negative outcome. Yeah. But when it comes to everyday menial stuff, yeah. we're a bit more optimistic. Yeah, usually a lot more to the point where it becomes disruptive and uh, unhelpful. Yeah. How so? Well, like, see, if you think, oh, it'll be fine this time. Oh, I see yeah, what you mean, right. It's not. It, it never is. But we seem to, because we have a sort of a positive bias in our memory, we tend to downplay negative outcomes because they reflect badly on us. Mm. Think, oh, that, that was just coincidence. They won't happen again. Okay. Whereas if things successful, well, I did that. That was me. That was all Dean, baby. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, it, it's just an ego, it's an ego thing, not a, sort of an arrogance. It's just that's what, how, we, how we operate. So, yeah, that will obviously feed into procrastination, thinking, I, I should ideally do this now because it'll take me a week, but it, it probably won't. It, no, it'll be fine. You know, I, I can I can knock this out in a night. <laughs> that, sure. Yeah, I mean, again, definitely been there and done that. Are some people more susceptible to procrastination than others? Definitely, yes. And why? Um, I think it's again part of the way we're wired in that the, that circuit which assesses effort. Um, I, I, I call it the is it worth it circuit, but that's not the same for everyone. Right. So some people will think like, well, some people like, oh, quote unquote, workaholics. Yeah. They don't mind doing that. They don't like, oh, that's fine. I, I like keeping busy. I don't like, you know, any, yeah, doing something itself is worth it for me. And people like that. Some people are not like that. Um, like I lived with several <laughs> during my student union. Like one guy who just could not wash up. He just found it, he found the prospect harrowing. You just sit there and just make mess. It would sort of emanate from his body. You know? <laughs> I clean the room because I, I, I had the lowest... Putting things out of orbit as he walks <laughs> yeah. through a room. I don't know how yeah. he does it. It was amazing. Like I, I had the lowest threshold for mess, so I was always cleaning. Yeah. Which was frustrating. But, sure. you know, doing houses, that's, that's the luck of the draw, isn't it? Whereas he would just sit there watching telly, occasionally smoking ganj. And like I'd, walk, I'd clean the room and he'd come and sit down. And he's, he's, got, he's got a joint with him and nothing else. And I go to the kitchen. I come back ten minutes later. He's surrounded by takeaway boxes. Yeah, there's and... a goat in the living room. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> how does this happen? <laughs> it's eating this couch. How do you? He, he seemed to have an actual aura of mess. Yeah. No, just, I, just I spread out from him, and I don't know how he managed that. I well, well believe that. Mm. Um, I currently live with someone who's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Can spend hours and hours making the house sparkling tidy, and mm. I'll, I'll go out for. 10 minutes to the shop and I'll come back and there'll be footprints on the ceiling and they'll be wading through crisp packets. 
how how has this happened? Like, how is it skill, even yeah. humanly possible <laughs> mm. to generate such mess in such a short amount of time? Yeah, but that, I don't know. I've never, I've always found it physically violates the laws of matter <laughs> conservation, surely, but it happened. So, but he, like when we had to clean the house, leave, like he had to get seriously stoned before he could do his share of the washing up because he couldn't face it. And so, like there are people who just their sort of threshold for acceptable effort is set so low or high. I don't know. It's, it's so they just can't. Oh God, that's too much effort. I can't be doing that. That's just too much. There's no sort of the sense of reward from doing something isn't there for them. Mm. I mean, I think some there is some evidence suggests that the obsessive compulsive disorder is linked to something like that. That the opiate system, that you know, the part which gives you the the, the rush, the high of you know from what, what heroin works on, but the um, you know, like marathon runners get it, and the whole runners high. You yeah. Know, that, you know, that sort of when your body's in, under extreme stress, you the brain does this to sort of shut down the pain and keep you going, so you can get away from whatever's causing it. Okay. But that's the main thing the opiate's known for. But there's also some more evidence now which says that which suggests that it's it's at a lower level it's involved in task sort of completion. Okay. But if you do something and it's done, then like the opiate system goes, okay, that's done, good, move on. Not 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 sort of no, like oh my god what a, what a rush just like oh good no I feel better about that yeah because you do that you know, when you prick out when you finally do something I think that's what you're doing when you sort of, oh I cleaned the, I took the toilet roll upstairs I've folded my laundry like oh good well, that's done that's a thing that's done achievements mm, but many minor ones well this I mean this is why I've got a lot of time for a to do list mm. because yeah it, yeah it structures it as well doesn't it yeah ticking it off no matter how small a job is being able mm. to say yes that is complete. Yeah. Is in itself a small rush. Yeah, and then that's what that's the, the theory is that that's the opiate system doing that. Is in you get like you know you almost got a jolt of heroin from finishing your to do list, which sounds excessive, but is this where there are links to um, certain video games, for example, um, World of Warcraft, <laughs> which I I actually went through a phase of playing a long time ago. I had to review it for a magazine and then kind of got a bit hooked, hmm. but in that game. It's all sort of quest-based. And as you're completing your quests, you're also achieving other things like levelling up by grinding, by Mm. killing a bunch of sheep or by learning how to weld or whatever. And every time you achieve something, you're kind of a bit like, yeah, awesome. Oh, definitely, because you you could technically create a game which is just one non-stop level, you know, like um, like a a Pac-Man game which just keeps going and going Mm. and going. But you don't do it. You have to have a... That's has to be cut-off points of, okay, I've done that bit, now I'll do the next bit, now I'm at this level, now I'm on that level. If it's, if it's completely random, like life is, I suppose, that doesn't yeah. give you that same, like, I don't know, I can't judge where I am, I can't assess how well I'm doing, I don't know if I've finished or not, I don't mm. know where I'm going. So we need that sort of structure. And, again, that's sort of like when you've completed this particular task, assignment, job, role, level, whatever, then that's some evidence says it's the opiate system going, okay, good, done that. Now the next thing, done that. Now the next thing, sure. And the, the thing evidence suggests that people with OCD have a sort of a deficiency in that, because like when they wash their hands, you wash your hands, you oh, wash your hands, scream, keep going, move on. Yeah, they, they don't have their brains go. No, no, I haven't finished yet. It's, I have. No, I haven't. Oh, I you see. Gotta, you got to do loads more, and then until there's nothing in the brain that's doing the tick in the box. Yeah, well, if it is, it's it's a much smaller version. So they keep doing it again, and again, and yeah. again, and again, and then that results in compulsions and stuff. Um, but yeah, the brain does seem to be really, you know, it hates leaving things unfinished. And so, but, but is that all brains? Not well, 
Because I I would certainly argue that I'm the kind of person that creates to-do lists and loves doing tasks because mm. I, I really go for that tiny opiate buzz that you've been describing. Mm. But then I do know people that will leave a job half done mm. and feel completely comfortable with that, whereas I, I yeah, wouldn't I, I feel okay with that. Well, what kind of jobs are we talking about? What's, what, what sort of scale are we talking about? Here? I mean, not like huge projects. Things around the house, for example, mm. half clean the bathroom or... Um, I started cleaning the car out, but I just got bored of it halfway hmm. through. That just, oh, well, so... clearly they, they have, <laughs> they, they may have a deficiency or two of some sort, but but at the, at the sort of the, the at the lowest level, it does seem to be. There's a thing called like the, the Zygenark effect, and I don't know if I pronounced that right. I've never seen it written down. It's a Russian person who discovered it. A psychologist, her name was Zygenark. Let's call it called Zygenark. But noticing um, like waiting staff in restaurants. Hmm. When they've taken an order, they can remember loads of different details. Because if you've got a party of 12, you know, you've got all the different... You've done waiting service, haven't you? Yes. Yes, yeah. so, you know, you've got probably 12 different orders, to like different courses. Everyone wants something different, you know, yeah. Different dietary requirements. Mm. And you know, you've got your pattern paper, but you can sort of... You remember whose is whose. Like, you're like, this is that order, you can run over that. And they, she was testing them, like, the... Okay, so you can remember whose order is this is. You got at least, you know, everyone from this table of 15. And... In the, as they were doing the job, yes, they can remember everything. As soon as like the check was paid and they left, like so, what did that person order? I don't know. It all falls out. Yeah, yeah. Because the brain has this sort of space where it makes like this is the task I'm currently doing. I'm going to focus on this, hmm. and leaving it undone can be quite. I guess it depends how invested you are in it, because uh, because leaving them can normally be quite distressing. Even they've done tests on this in the lab, giving people this assignment, and like to fill, complete this puzzle. And they said, like, halfway through, like, five minutes, going, okay, it's fine, test is over, you, you've done enough. And for, even though there's no reason to do so, they, they'll keep going until they finish the test, because mm. not doing it makes them, like, no, I've got to finish this now, I've started. I have that with films. Yeah. I'm watching a film, and I'm like, God, this is garbage, but I still yeah, will persevere you, with it until yeah. then. I've started, so I'll finish. Exactly. That comes back to the whole wasted effort thing, because if, if you, you know, the whole sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. I, this is a bad film, but I've watched half of it, so if I if I bail now, I have wasted half. I've wasted that time. I won't I, even know how it ends. So yeah, there's that is no definitely. Payoff. Yeah, yeah. Like you've got two things there. You've got this sunk cost fallacy of, you know, you don't have to watch the end of it. You, you're not liking it. You're enjoying it, but because you started and put the effort in, you don't want to stop because well, I got to keep going because otherwise I've wasted my time. Yeah, you wasted your time anyway. <laughs> you don't yeah. enjoy it. It's rubbish. But you, you feel far more like oh, oh I've that's I can't stop because I've got to. Yeah. And the whole like the whole effort reward thing, and you've got well, I put this time in. I might as well see it see it through now. And the optimism is, oh, maybe I'll get good towards the end. And and I think that's why I've avoided watching a lot of like classic, you know, well known box sets and stuff. And, like Game of Thrones, I've watched ten minutes of the first episode. Yeah, I didn't get into it early doors. And now the thought of sitting through how long is it now? Oh, it's seven thousand hours, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's like a good week's worth of my life. Like I really can't afford that time right yeah. now. And but if I start and I enjoy it, I'll feel pissed off and I'll want to finish it. Yeah, and, and that really, and then that's seven thousand hours of your life you've <laughs> yeah, got to exactly. dedicate to it. Like well, people like when they said like you should like you should watch Buffy. It gets really good around season three. Is it season three? You don't... Like, yeah, I'm, I'm um, watching 20 hours of exactly. television just so I get to the but good But you can't bit. just jump in because you need yeah. the context. Yeah. See, I, I have this with books and 
only, I think, twice in my life, I'm quite an avid reader, and only twice in my life have I got halfway through a book and gone, no, there's just mm. no way I'm finishing this. Um, I have I have to finish it because, like mm. you said, there's the optimism, maybe it'll get better. Mm. You know, I feel like I've invested all my time into it already, so I might as well. Mm. Um, and invariably, it'll be crap all the way through, <laughs> and I'll get to the end, and I'm really, as I'm reading it, I'm resentful and angry. Mm. I hate this. I hate this book, but I can't put it down. I have to finish it. Um, see, now, you sort of set this up for me now, because unless I find out what these two books were, I'm going to oh, be yes. deeply yeah. unhappy for <laughs> the rest of the They definitely weren't books that I can see in here. <laughs> no, they were just... Well, my one book, which I've got everywhere. <laughs> oh, I two. Yeah, two. <laughs> um, yeah, they definitely weren't bright yellow and bright blue. Mm. No, they weren't. There was some oh, some crappy like mm. attempt at... One was a thriller, and it was so obvious what was happening from the outset. Mm. Um, and the other one, I guess, was like... This attempt at like some guy was writing his memoirs and about like how he'd been such a young gun and a real stallion and how and then I was just I got furious halfway through I was like no, if I keep reading this I'm gonna go out and kill a man so <laughs> yes. I yeah. have to put this down yeah I will say um Richard Layman One Rainy Night the honestly worst book I've ever read really there's a, uh, there's, a there's a there's a rape scene in it and brutal and at the end of the woman goes like oh you Oh, well, I'll get you for that. Like, if, oh my god! As if you just scratched your car or something. Yeah. And it's like wow. It's it's so it's it's a pulp schlocky horror one, but it's like it's, it's offensive and offensively bad. And like, if you did it sort of a slick or an awry way, I could sort of I just sort of see we're doing this. No, this is just awful. This is just genuinely terrible. So keep an eye out. I think the guy's long dead, so he's not going to see or anything. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. as as an aside, I do tend to have that attitude to a lot of. Um, Usually male writers, when they're writing about women or women's characters. Because yeah. it's just, I think how a lot of yeah. guys envisage women is just not how it is. All I can think of is that like the thing that's going around, the example of Oh, she writing. breasted boobily down the stairs. <laughs> she breasted boobily and titted downwards. Yeah. That really makes me laugh every time. Yeah, just breasting boobily down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, there was a really good um, hashtag on Twitter a while back about uh, women were encouraged to describe themselves in the way a male writer might (laughs) and that yielded some pretty cracking results (laughs) but okay going back to Mm. procrastination so we've discussed i'm I'm, I'm avoiding talking about it (laughs) come on we we gotta do it um we've talked about sort of the whys and the wherefores Mm. is procrastination the same as laziness i would say not by default but there can be a big link like the, the the people i said about ones who think the effort that threshold of effort, like, is it worth the effort? No, it's not. But some people have that set really low, so that will manifest as laziness. They're like, there's no, there's literally nothing which is worth any effort, mm. and you just sit there emanating mess somehow. Yeah, which seems like it would take a lot of work, but no, apparently not. It's a, it's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, so blessed. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Yeah. Best life. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so some people have a predisposition to it then. And, I mean, again, in, I guess how, how would you define laziness specifically? Is it like an unwillingness to do something? Is that mm. a, is like a, an instinctive quirk? Is that just a poor work ethic? I mean, it depends where it comes from, I guess. I mean, there have been some studies which show that if something requires more and more effort, people will almost perceive things, their brains will perceive things differently to avoid it. Like this, this test whereby you have to sort of you know, cloud of dots and they move in left or right. You push a handle to say left or right. And they'll tell anyone they actually 
increased the weight of one handle, made it tighter, so it's harder to push. Right. And people just, you know, to 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 make it to answer, they move in left. They have to. It takes more effort to to answer that. So people seem to stop seeing them moving left. Like then they actually. Oh really? And I think there's a sort of. You could argue just like they just didn't want to do it. They didn't put any stock in it. It wasn't a sort of. It wasn't any particular reward for them. I think it was actually a paid experiment, though, so they would have got some benefit from it. And people tend to want to do what the scientists say because they think they're doing it right, you know. So they want that validation. Yeah, but I think you can also. This is similar things whereby if, like, say, if you're scared of heights and you're on top of a high dive board, it seems so much higher than it is. Or say, if you hate your job and you go to your place of work. You always feel like it looks grey and drab and unpleasant, unwelcoming. Whereas someone walking past, you know, just a normal building, I think. Yeah. So, like, you, you bring that sort of ultimate perception to discourage you from wasting effort, which you deem to be not, which you instinctively deem to be not worth your while. So, yeah, you can argue that's lazy. You can argue that's, but I think procrastination is the same thing. It's, um, it's sort of like, you know, there's an element of fear to it, getting in, because when you start doing something, and like, if you know instinctively that you have to finish something, if I start doing this, then I'm I'm in it. Then I'm stuck mm-hmm. in in that. Then I'm gonna, you know, I, I don't want to be tied up the rest of the day. I want to retain my control, freedom, and stuff. Mm. So there's a version of that. Like you know, if I'm doing something which require, which will lead to people judging me, then I'm, you know, I want to avoid that as much as possible. Um, but even then, say the balance shifts, so you get to the point where, well, I've got to do it now because if I don't, then that's going to be a lot worse mm-hmm. as an outcome. So you know, when you get to the point where not doing it is worse than doing it, then procrastination stops being a preservation and becomes actually a, uh, a danger becomes in its a own bit more right. debilitating. Mm. Sure. Okay. Well, thanks very much. <laughs> no I finally got around to asking you yeah, about procrastination. Good, good, good. And uh, I this guess... Whole, this whole series has been about that, hasn't it? <laughs> it's the whole arc. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Ooh, plot twist. Um, and I guess, yeah, we'll just take a break now. We won't have to do this again <laughs> until the 11th hour. We'll have a big, long procrastination. <laughs> um, but yeah, as we said at the beginning of the episode, uh, we are now taking a break for the summer. Mm-hmm. And when we come back for series two in the autumn, uh, exact dates to be to confirmed um we will be taking listener questions so if you have anything that you'd like me to put to dean um dm us at at brain yapping pod um or email us at brain yapping podcast at gmail.com or you can also hit me up directly on my twitter and uh we can sift through them or i'll sift through them and uh we'll discuss those later on in the year cool well been fun it has indeed. Let's do it again in a few months. Okay, see you then, I look maybe. forward to hearing about your next travels. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Dean. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Just to say thank you very much again for listening and supporting the first series of Brain Yapping, the podcast. We'll be back with Series 2 towards the end of the summer. But in the meantime, please do email us your questions so we can dig into them for Series 2. You can tweet or DM them to us at, at BrainYappingPod or email them at uh, BrainYappingPodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, don't forget to check out all the other podcasts, live events, videos, blogs, and such things on the Cosmic Shambles networks at cosmicshambles.com. And if you'd like to support us, head to patreon.com forward slash bookshambles, which supports everything we do at the Cosmic Shambles networks, including Brain Yapping. I'll still be blogging in between series as well, so you'll find the Brain Yapping blog at Cosmic Shambles. And you could also fill the time by pre-ordering my new kids' book, uh, Why Your Parents Are Driving You Up the Wall and What to Do About It, available August 22nd. Uh, speak to you soon.
This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network.